You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome <laughs> back to the Just Oz keep Network. Going. As we uh, bring you a very, very special episode, so much so that um, we're already laughing before we even actually start getting into this. We are about to recap a film that nobody on this planet that didn't go to Elizabeth College in 2004 has ever heard of. Uh, this is a film called Kill Phil, and this is a film created by me! Yay! Your second favourite host on the Oz Network <laughs> made a movie when he was 17 years old, also made another one when he was 18, uh, and we thought in the lead-up to a very busy few months here on the Oz Network when it comes to covering a variety of films, we'd do something different. We would uh, do a film that we can even provide you to watch. We're going to provide this on our Facebook page, our Twitter page, and also on our website, a little parody film that I did in 2004 when I was in school called Kill Phil. And we thought it would be fun to to do this, given that all we do is sit here and criticise uh, professional filmmakers with what they produce. Uh, why not um, criticise the own garbage that I can put out there to show that we really have no right criticising filmmakers when this is the shit that I put out? Uh, my name is Ben, and... Bring it on. <laughs> a line is quoted about 12 times in this movie. <laughs> hey, i just seen the movie, all right? So. Uh, my name is Colin, and the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress goes to Rebecca Ratcliffe for Man with Gun 2. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she she owned the shit out of that role. Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm so excited in some weird way that... <laughs> I get to hear another person's thoughts on this film that wasn't in it or was a family member of mine. Uh, because I have to say, I don't think anyone has ever seen this movie that was not in the movie, or again, was connected to me via blood or an engagement ring. So, um, I I don't know why we've decided to do this. We generally were stupid, I guess, but... Um, Colin, did you ever think that we would be doing such a, a cinematic masterpiece from uh, Hobart, such as Kill Phil? No, I mean, if people want a little bit of context as to why we're doing this, I guess it all started a few weeks ago when we finished recording one of the George Romero episodes, and I guess we were sort of reminiscing about our own experiences making like bad student films, <laughs> teenage <laughs> films, and you'd kind of mentioned some of this stuff and then shared it with me, and I'm like, oh, the, the first five minutes is hilarious enough. <laughs> <laughs> we could get a good conversation of it. Then you just sort of randomly are like, hey, I really think we could get a good episode out of this. <laughs> it's just, just making fun of the movie, which is what we're basically going to be doing here. And you're like, really? Really, Ben? <laughs> Can we? Are you sure about that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I hope, do you still have your films somewhere out there, Colin? Because we obviously need to do yours at some yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, mine are all on VHS. I'll have to get a VCR again and then transfer them to the computer, but I'm sure eventually we can get around to that. Now, well, I should, I, I guess we're going to do this one. Obviously, we'll do Kill Phil 2, which uh, you think Kill Phil 1's good. Why do you see <laughs> Kill Phil 2? Um... I mean, look, just a, a real minor bit of context for this. Again, you, probably if you just downloaded this on iTunes or Spotify or whatever, and you're thinking, what are they talking about? I've never heard of this movie. Uh, go and watch it. It's um, on Facebook, Twitter. We've uploaded it for you to watch. It only goes for like 42 minutes. 
Um, and yeah, uh, you can then get context of this. But um, just really briefly going over how this, I guess, came about. I mean, it was 2004. I was 17. I was finding myself. So I thought, why not try my hand at filmmaking? And uh, I'd just seen uh, Kill Bill and loved it, of course. Why, why wouldn't you? Um, second one, maybe not so much. But again, that's for the future, perhaps. <sighs> Uh, oh, you like the second one? Okay. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, and I was in my backyard doing my uh, evening jog. And <laughs> for some reason, I was like, that would be really fun to do a parody film of Kill Bill. So I wrote a script. I don't know how long it took me. Probably about five minutes, considering what turned out. And um, from there, I was actually doing a, a filmmaking course. Um, clearly, all the stuff I learned showed in this. And, yeah, we got a bunch of friends together, made this movie, and um, the rest is history. Uh, very much dark history. Colin, I, I mean, look, I can't really ask your background on this film. What's your background on this film? <laughs> Found out well, about five minutes ago, the end. <laughs> I saw Kill Bill as well. Uh, I preferred Kill Bill Volume 2. <laughs> and when you shared this a few weeks ago, I watched the majority of it. Um, thought it was actually a 15-minute film because when you click on the link, it gives you a preview. And then today, I'm like, oh, this thing keeps going. <laughs> <laughs> and and it's still think, going. And it's get, still going. You get the majority. The reason it's easy to you know get confused is because the plot is in 15 minutes, and then you basically have about 27 minutes of Ben in slow motion dying. <laughs> The longest death scene in movie history. <laughs> oh, I just... One thing I will say is that for some reason I was weirdly obsessed with slow motion in these films. <laughs> it shows. There is so much slow motion in this movie. Um, so... And what I love, though, is... And we'll get to it eventually. Uh, I'll save it for later. <laughs> it's a here where it probably could have been slow-mo, but wasn't. Okay, I'm intrigued with that. Um, just a couple of things, though, too. People watching it thinking this is the biggest piece of amateur shit you've ever seen in your life. Context as well. 2004, we're pre-YouTube days. So this is something that was never planned, I guess, to be seen outside of um, Elizabeth College. And also, you know, we're filming this on, like, mini-DV handy cams. You know, this is, you know, a day when, say, camera phones were just a thing. I mean, for example, uh, I do these travel documentary things called The Brink Unleashed, now available on line as well um but uh, my recent trip i filmed the whole thing on my phone and that is in like crystal clear high definition on a tiny little mobile phone whereas this is on like a uh, i guess a quote proper video camera and um quality wise it's terrible we had no budget we just did this completely just for shits and gigs the special effects of uh, this film are laughable at best (laughs) and um yeah, look, George Romero had better special effects in 1968 in Night of the Living Dead than we did in Kill Phil in 2004. Uh, I just want to say, Ben, as far as the quality here goes of the picture, somebody sold you a Super 8 camera and told you it was mini-TV. <laughs> Well, it was, um, it was, well, we borrowed these from our, uh, college library, and, um, uh, I think there was a mixture between Super 8 and Mini DV. I okay. think I used, <laughs> Su- I think I used Super 8 because I had the tapes, and then Josh, who, uh, plays the dealer, he used Mini DV, so. Okay. Um, there was a, there was a mixture in there somewhere. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I pressed record and yelled action. 
<laughs> so I was actually I was talking to Josh about this. So Josh, who plays a dealer, is a very good friend of mine. I've known him since high school, and it's been involved in uh, radio and making these silly movies and all that sort of stuff. Uh, still very good friends with him. Uh, an interesting thing about him now uh, is that he's actually a fully fledged Mormon. Um, so just even watching this movie and seeing him swear is very weird for me. Um, but we actually did a little segment of this the other day on the brink, just talking um, a bit about it. And he sort of asked me, he's like, Ben, I know you, you're, you know, not shy in sort of talking yourself up and making yourself the center of attention. He's like, why didn't you make yourself the star? Why was I the star? And I'm like, well, you know, I wrote it, I wanted to direct it, and I wanted to be the villain. So, you know, that's basically it. And plus, you know, you're more attractive than I am, Josh, so you're more of a leading man than me. So, <laughs> that was my excuse. Um, yeah, I mean, at least you probably had a friendship, though, where you could decide on roles and you could split, you know, the two names that appear in every single credit at the eight-minute end credits of this movie. Uh, the last film I tried to make would have been... A, it was, we actually intended to submit it to a film festival, short film festival. And it was going to be kind of like, I don't know, maybe like an Indiana Jones type thing. Uh, and my friend that I was making this with... Uh, wouldn't agree to make it with me unless he got a co-director's credit when he couldn't tell me what a director did. He just was <laughs> going to be the guy driving to our locations. So it wow. never got made. At least you actually had a working relationship. I was going to say creative differences. <laughs> I was like, no, you can't have your name on the credit. That's it. That's all I want. Um, so, I mean, I think Colin summed it up, though. There's probably about, like, five scenes in this whole film, so it seems like it goes on for longer than it does. But, I mean, you know, slow motion does that. Uh, so we start off uh, with this. This is so we talking about it like how we do on the <laughs> You think I should know this movie back to front? It's been a while, folks. It's 13 years old now. Um, so this opening sequence, basically the plot of this movie involves... So Josh, who is my friend I was talking about, he plays a character called The Dealer. And he's friends with myself. I'm Phil. Uh, I've got a gang of people. And we. I made up some weird game. I just called it like Bottle Top, Bottle Cap Derby. I don't know what the fuck it was. It never had any rules. It was just like... Let's make up a game. So, essentially, this opening scene is Phil showing up to play Bottle Cap Derby with myself and my crew. And for some reason, we've turned completely evil because he has the rarest collection in the world and we want to kill him for it. Uh, standard <laughs> practice in Hobart in 2004. Where you just murder your friends if they've got a better collection of something than you. Um, so we have Josh sitting, waiting for us to show up. Uh, we all show up in black. He's, what the hell's with the get up, guys? And uh, me being the evil prick that I am, I just stand and nod. There's a lot of nodding in this film, if you didn't realise. Uh, <laughs> tell my uh, goons to go bash the crap out of him before I uh, hover over him, give an incredibly bad speech because you can't hear it because we had no audio quality in 2004. <laughs> um, and I promptly shoot him in the head and he's apparently dead because it's then have a title screen saying two years later. Um, now, Colin, just the, this, the day we filmed this, obviously you can tell it's pissing down with rain. Yeah. Um, you think we would cancel the shoot and try again? No, because we just wanted to get it done with. Um, so you can see a lot of little weird editing chops here. I'm actually watching it now. <laughs> just the terrible editing, because we just had to keep reshooting. The camera was getting wet. We had it covered with, like, a jacket. So if you look in the top right-hand corner, you can see a bit of, like, I black material. I was wondering what that was. It's there for several shots. <laughs> yes. Um, and then if you actually pay attention in 
some of the background scenes, you'll see the other goons who have just bashed Josh up in the background, standing under an umbrella, watching me, watching his film. Um, and then also, should I mention the special effects, which involve uh, Anthony's character Liam stabbing him in the arm, cutting away to a blank arm before his shirt is bright red. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that's the opening scene to Kill Phil. Uh, all right, so all that stuff you said about this game, what's it called? Bottle Top, Bottle Cap Derby, I can't remember what it was called. Bottle Cap like Derby, okay. Uh, that would have been nice to have as context in the movie because I was <laughs> thinking a guy sitting down on a park bench that for some reason just faces a fence. <laughs> I don't this is the worst park bench ever. It's like sitting in the corner park. <laughs> And so he just sits down to play a nice game of Pog with himself. <laughs> and you guys come to kill him. None of the stuff you're talking about's in the script. <laughs> so, so from now on in any movie where we talk about context and things that don't make sense, you're just going to bring up Kill Phil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I, I'm a, the, honestly, I went through this entire thing. Until you said that, I'm like, what? What's he talking about? Because I assume... Oh, this is a knockoff of Kill Bill, obviously. So you guys are probably Hitman, and, you know, maybe this is his wedding day and he just wanted a game of Paws. <laughs> but not very... <laughs> but none of this stuff is there. You just totally took this down to a minute just by your poor exposition. Can I just say that, I mean, I joke about the poor audio quality. I mean, we, all the audio with this was purely done with the camera. So there's plenty of scenes here where, like, the wind overtakes what you can yeah. hearing. So I will say there is a slight bit of context in the conversation between Josh and myself. Um, I, I mean, according to the script here, what is actually said is, um, so when he's on the ground and when he says the line, just tell me what the fuck this is. My line is, you think you're so good, don't you? Prancing around with your collection, thinking you're the man. Well, mister, let me tell you something. That collection is mine now. To which Josh turns around and says, is this what this is about? My bottle top derby collection, you're doing this because I own the rarest collection in the world. I say, didn't take you long, did it? Liam, give him a reward. Liam says, with pleasure, sir, before stabbing him. Uh, <laughs> so you killed him for pogs. <laughs> yeah. Can I say, this is based off real life, people. This is why I have no friends. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a friend of mine and you collect something I want, I'll just kill you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I... I the only other thing I really wanted to point out here that you didn't already mention, uh, I actually just wrote down, for whatever reason, you're just mouthing words to the Imperial March. Like, there are lyrics that aren't there. Dun, 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 dun. There's no script. Um, here is it. It's all ad-libbed. Um, the, the opening of B-Net Films. Did you use, like, some Jurassic Park theme from a video game or something? Um... You know, I actually can't remember what that music is because I still use that to this day. I updated the title credits recently for the Brink Unleashed series, but I still use that theme. I think it was, um, it might have actually been like, because I, I use Windows Movie Maker for this, and I think there was on one of the inbuilt programs on, like it would have been Windows XP back then, there was like a, a little trumpety music that was played on it. Um, I know with Josh, so Black Vault Productions is Josh. Um, he used that music was from Lord of the Rings, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but yeah, no, that little trumpety scene I think was just a an inbuilt sound effect in Windows XP somewhere. So. <laughs> and 
Also, the great 8-bit video game punch sound effects from Mike Tyson's Punch-Out! Circa 1988. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, all sound effects in this film were... I can't even remember the name of the search engine. It was one of those, you know, early 2000s search Alta engines. <laughs> it might have been, but you used to... Be, like, you know how you can, like, go Google image and you go Google yeah. videos? And stuff? You used to actually be able to search for sounds. And, like, this, again, was back in the day of, like, file sharing, like, Shazams and Kazars and Bear Shares, LimeWire, sort of those sort of ones. So you could, like, legitimately just search for really cheesy sound effects. Again, today, if I want a sound effect, you just go to YouTube and just extract the audio from that. And it's a lot better because you can experiment a little bit more with realistic-sounding sound effects. Uh, so that's how I kind of found the really shitty punch-out sounds, the gunshot sounds. Um, so, yeah, that's um, that's <laughs> the sound effects in this and- and who knew Ben, uh, the champion of Madonna, <laughs> was such a big Marilyn Manson fan? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, I actually really do like Marilyn Manson, funnily enough. <laughs> um, well. so, but yeah, I mean, one thing I also say is that, <laughs> even annoys me and I made this film, uh, is the overuse of music in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's, just, there's so many scenes that just don't call for music in the background, but there's music in the background of everything okay. in this film. <laughs> I won't even save this for later. There are scenes where you're shooting one person's side of a conversation <laughs> and one song is playing, and then you cut to the next person's reply and it's another song song and you well, cut this, back to the first person it's the first song if, if there's a scene if that's the one i'm thinking about there actually was a reason behind that but uh, oh, it was very artistic whatever it was <laughs> of course absolutely um and of course as you can probably tell from most of the soundtrack i really like the matrix in 2004 yeah. <laughs> so pretty much the entire matrix soundtrack is just and used in this movie special effects and hand gestures it's kind of basically a parody ripoff of Kill Bill with the Matrix in it. Mm-hmm. So that's essentially what uh, this film is. Um, yeah, B-Net, I mentioned to you off air, it was kind of just a silly little thing that my friend and I did in high school. He had T-Net, I had B-Net, and it's just kind of stuck. Every time I like have music, which I don't download illegally, what are you talking about? Uh, I just like, download one song. Instead of keeping the album by the artist, I just make it like Bnet. I think I'm much like Bnet 210. Because I think I like when I was like young, I used to, my dad had a friend he worked with who would, he'd give him a song list, he'd charge you 10 bucks, he'd download songs and burn it onto a CD for you. Because, you know, we didn't have the internet growing up. Uh, so I just kind of kept that, you know, the first CD was Bnet 1, then Bnet 2, Bnet 3. So now I'm much like Bnet 210. So, <laughs> it's Bnet for you, the global entity that is Bnet. For all the uh, people out there wanting the history lesson on Bnet. <laughs> just, I, I thought there was plenty out there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. One of my friends from school. Oh, so that makes sense. Now I know why Ben has Bnet. There you go. Uh, all right, so two years have passed since um, Josh gets shot in the head, the dealer. And just as you'll probably learn in this film, people get shot in the head a lot, but it doesn't necessarily mean they die. Yeah. So- <laughs> Nor that you'll ever see a wound from the being shot in the head. <laughs> well, a lot of um, continuity errors may or may not exist in this movie. So- <laughs> <laughs> Let's get to my favourite one. So, anyway, so he's the dealer, Josh, laying on a bed now. Uh, this scene, obviously, was a direct parody of the whole um, hospital rape moment in Kill Bill, uh, when, what, the bride is essentially, like, 
laying down and that guy's about to rape her or does he rape her? I can't even remember. It's been a while since I've seen Kill Bill. So I thought I'd flip it around. Why not have a woman rape a man? Because that's always funny. Rape jokes and rape scenes. <laughs> um, so essentially we have the character. Now the, the doctor is played by a friend Joel who is in the second one. Spoiler alert. He comes back to life. Um, but his character is actually Dr. Jones after the Aqua song. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, so he basically lets this nurse into the room to have her way with Josh. Best one I've had this week. So she's a serial rapist nurse. Uh, <laughs> to which she straddles him. Um, and then he just conveniently wakes up at that exact moment, chokes her for about 30 seconds and she dies miraculously. But it's in slow motion, so it's a little bit longer. Um, Joel hears the commotion, comes in at the same time, asks what's going on. Uh, he chokes him to death with his uh, famous nod. Can I just point out, that was deliberate. That was kind of his trope. He has a nod every time he kills someone. Um, <laughs> and then from that moment, he crawls out of the room into the hallway where um, it's, it's Andrew or Patricia. I can never remember Lucy and Emma's character's names. I'm just going to call her Lucy That's who played her. Um, she's been standing outside with a sword for two years, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> See, even this is me writing in my notes. Like, this makes no sense. Why has she been standing there for two years? Just at the exact moment he might come to life. Um, they then have this fight sequence. And for some reason, she misses him on the ground with a sword, only skims his head. He discovers his legs work at that point, jumps up, and uh, basically shoves her down, grabs the sword, chops both her arms off before killing her, and then runs away. Uh, pretty standard, as always. <laughs> now, just a couple of things I want to point out. The whole scene with this nurse, it was a girl called Rachel. We couldn't get anyone to play this nurse, because no one wanted to straddle Josh and nearly kiss him. <laughs> so... <laughs> That was the hardest role. That was, I think, one of the last scenes we filmed in the movie. And we finally got Rachel, who, I mean, we barely knew. I think she was like a friend of a friend of a friend. We all thought she was incredibly hot at the time. So Josh was like, bonus. Um, we somehow got a nurse's outfit. Um, actually, maybe from memory she had a nurse's outfit, so that's why we... Oh, could, she seemed you know, like the type of mate. <laughs> yeah, she was typecast. <laughs> <laughs> So that was fun. And, um, yeah, Joel, to me, is one of the best actors in this film, and that's saying something. Um, I just, I love how Josh can, like, choke people for two seconds and they die. He can, like, miraculously punch people straight away and they, like, fall down. And then the, one of the biggest continuity errors that still pisses me off to this day. So when he, like, leaves the bed and he crawls out the door and then he goes into the corridor, obviously these were filmed in two completely different buildings. He has blue pants on when he's jumping what? off the bed. And then when he's crawling in the hallway, he's got black pants on. So oh, I have to see that. <laughs> just uh, little continuity errors that we didn't really give two, two shits about. Uh, and can I just point out, this whole arm chopping off scene, as you can tell, our, our you know knowledge of special effects wasn't brilliant. We were trying to find like a mannequin or a dummy to get this happening, but we just couldn't do it. So we essentially got this blue jacket. The only reason she's wearing a blue jacket is because we needed to stuff it with like pillows to make it look like arms. And clearly, when you see her arms like getting chopped off, uh, you will see her hand at one point in the hole in the sleeve. 
The uh, one of the hands that falls off doesn't have a hand in it, so somehow she's <laughs> lost her hand. And uh, we were going to do a scene where her head gets chopped off, but we just couldn't get a dummy head and didn't know how to do it, so we just cut away from it. So apparently, when you get your head chopped off, uh, just a tiny little splurt of blood comes out <laughs> onto your face, and that blood, that blood tasted foul. I when we get to the scene at the end when I've got that blood in my mouth and I'm spitting it out, I'm not acting. That's fucking real. I can't even remember how we made it, but it was disgusting. Um, so yeah, that's that scene. Uh- <laughs> wow, this is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> um, so many things to talk about here. Let me just uh, say, I'm, I'm looking over the scene right now, trying to see the arms getting chopped up. <laughs> I see her hand after her arm comes off. Her hand pokes out of her shoulder. She's got a growth. (laughs) She's laughing. I also love that in order to knock her down, he basically pokes her in the belly and she starts bleeding from the mouth. (laughs) She had a very sensitive stomach. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Um, What other notes do I have here? Uh, So first of all, I, I love... The, uh, the the one line here, survived a bullet wound to the head, lucky bloke. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Australian way, uh, Colin. That's how it happens. Also, where was the hospital room filmed? I'm curious about this. Uh, so there was... Uh, so this was at our college, at Elizabeth College, which is basically smack bang in downtown Hobart. So the... Hospital room, there was, like, this small building off to the side of the college, which is kind of like uh, your community area, you know, like um, support services for students. I think there was, like, a nurse's state. It was just kind of like, you know, a communal area. And um, the room off... There was a room that we used to hang out with uh, one of the... He was, like, a youth worker, and we just hang out with him sometimes on lunch because he was a cool guy. Still friends with the guy, actually, in real life now. Um, but he had a little sort of medical room off his door, uh, and there was just there. So we kind of begged him to use it. And he's like, yeah, okay, you can use it. So, yeah, that's essentially. And then, yeah, the corridor scene was filmed on a completely d- different side of the entire school, and we used that building a lot, as you probably will notice, yeah. in, especially in the second one. <laughs> uh, I, I just love the overabundance of exit signs that, that make it painfully <laughs> clear that this is filmed all over the place. Because in the hospital room, there's an exit sign in the room, and then you leave the room, and there's an exit sign above what the door is supposed to be for this room. So it's just like a bunch of exit signs that will eventually lead you out of the building. Australians are dumb. We need to know where we leave. So <laughs> There's literally an exit sign above every single door in Australia. So. <laughs> Um, also, Necro Nurse here. Uh, she's a lot of fun. <laughs> you like Necro Nurse? <laughs> Necro Nurse is all right. <laughs> she's actually, you know, there's two performances in this movie, and I'm going to give you credit. You're one of them that, that seems oh. to be really into their roles. Now, naturally, <laughs> the director is going to be the one most attached to the material and will probably give a decent <laughs> douchey villain performance. <laughs> but this Necro Nurse, like, she's into this, and <laughs> I just. <laughs> The only note I could write is, this goes along with what you're saying, how much did you pay her to straddle him? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, we couldn't get anyone to do it. Because <laughs> they've probably seen these 17-year-old guys come up saying, hey, do you want to be in our movie? All you got to do is straddle somebody and wear a skimpy outfit. And they're like, all right. <laughs> wait wait till the second one when we've got somebody having to kiss us. There's another story. <laughs> oh, can't wait to get to it. Um, 
my favorite part of the entire movie here, and I tweeted out that image of this. The dead doctor who is on the floor. This is before the pants change color. When he has him on the floor next to him, and the very next shot, he's crawling out of the room, and the dead doctor is standing in the corner. And I should also say, talking loudly in the background. You suddenly, I don't know what the conversation was they're having, but he's talking and standing one shot later. How did you miss that? Uh, well, it's foreshadowing, clearly, Colin, because he said he comes back to life in the next one. So. Oh. And yeah, that look, there there are lots of these. There are a lot. We didn't really take a lot of looking in the background for certain aspects. So um, you've already seen coats over cameras. Like the room so cramped that you're like, all right, get out of the shot, and he's got nowhere to go, so he's standing in frame. I will actually say from memory, I mean, that was a very small room, and I actually think we did film it when there was, like, a sort of a youth grouping meeting happening in the room next door, so... Um, Those are the voices. We couldn't, yeah, so I think that's actually the voices you will hear in the next room, but, um, yeah, it's... <laughs> I like it better my way that the dead doctor just stands and talks loudly to disrupt him leaving the room. <laughs> yes. I mean, all the notes that I've kind of written here, you know, ripping apart the thing that I wrote, is just legitimately like, why is she waiting there for two years? Like, what is she doing? Are they that inept at their job as hench people that they just can't you know, think that he might wake up at one stage? Oh, my Lord. Um, anyway, so uh, that was actually Josh's sword, by the way. So, I wonder just- if he got the sword. Yeah, he, he, he had a thing where he liked swords and everything, so, um, yeah, he, he kept it. Uh, so, the next scene, this actually, the next scene was uh, a couple of bits of trivia for you. Uh, so, when Lucy's character, who just, you know, got killed, when she says, I think he lives in Bowden Street somewhere, that was actually the proper street of my actual house. So, this next scene was filmed in my actual house oh. where I grew up. Uh, not the one I live in now, so you can't come loca- location, like, you know, viewing on a tour. <laughs> I mean... If you want sorry, to see the sights of... Sorry, all you fans out there. <laughs> if you really want to see a kill feel tour of Hobart, then shoot me a message. I can take you to the places. <laughs> but uh, this was actually the very first scene we filmed. So when you see he's got the wound on his head, uh, that actually was meant to be a thing we were meant to keep in the whole time. Like, that was where he got shot in the head with the bullet. So, um, and also, because he got skimmed on the head with the sword, uh, so we were meant to keep that. But as you'll probably notice, it kind of appears and disappears a lot throughout this film. Uh, <laughs> so, don't get uh, used to that being uh, on his uh, head. Anyway, so he's outside my house, at least. Um, I, I, can I just say, I do actually really like the shot. I filmed it, but I'm just going to talk myself up. Where, we, we, where you've got the mountain in the background, Mount Wellington. I just think it kind of looks cool. Um, he gets the, the list out. He taps on it. You know, oh, I'm going to kill him next. Gets his fist. He's all excited. Uh, now this scene where he knocks on the door. Now, I'm sure you saw some bloopers in the credits. We actually did a separate blooper reel of him opening the door. Anthony, who plays Liam, let's just say he was terrible when it came to actually completing lines. He would just crack up at everything. So we legitimately did like a three-minute video of, I think this literally took about a hundred takes for him to just fucking open a door and go, (gasps) (laughs) Oh, he's the best actor in this movie with that accent. (laughs) 
His accent just comes and goes. Um, so, just I can't watch this scene without just like remembering the torture that was filming that sequence. Uh, so he opens the door. Josh is like, "What's up?" They get into like a fight, which uh, you know, let's be honest, our uh, martial arts and uh, you know stunt work and skills isn't exactly top notch in this movie. <laughs> but uh, it involves. Josh getting kicked in the stomach, he trips Anthony over, he stands over him, goes to kick him, misses, knees him in the head, then just as he's about to punch him again, Anthony's like, no, no, wait, please, how about a cup of coffee? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) To which, of course, Josh is like, okay. Now, this just reminded, I wanted to do sort of the scene like in Kill Bill when they're fighting, and they basically sit down and have the cereal, you know, it's just kind of... I thought that was funny. Uh, (laughs) Why wouldn't you stop halfway through a fight and have a cup of coffee? Um, So we get him making the coffee. Now, uh, did you notice the subtle product placements in this scene? (laughs) I wrote... Let me read my notes here. Um, uh, No, wait, please. How about a cup of coffee? Or maybe an empty bottle of (laughs) Coca-Cola. Or a bag of Twisties. We did a deli- We were just like, you know, over-the-top product place. <laughs> we just didn't even want to make it subtle. <laughs> Start on a bottle of Coke and zoom up to Josh's face. Why is there nothing in there? Did you just collect the empty bottles of Coca-Cola? There's nothing in it. Uh, I think it was probably in the recycle crate. Uh, you know, ready to go out to the recycle bin. You heard uh, garbage picking for props. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. You know, my mum used to drink a lot of Coke, so, you know, it was, kind of, it was sitting there. Uh, so, uh, Anthony's character, Liam and Josh, uh, are having this conversation, you know, you really expect to kill all of us. I'm going to try my best to tell me something else. Yes, how many sugars do you have in your coffee? Uh, of course, that's what you would do. Uh, so, he then promptly uh, gives him the coffee, says, I need to make a phone call. Josh apparently cannot trust someone who has to make a phone call. How can I trust you? I don't know why he needs to ask that question. (laughs) Uh, Then uh, Anthony goes out, makes a phone call. Uh, I remember that cordless phone. That was our uh, beloved cordless phone. Anyway. (laughs) Oh, the memories. (laughs) This brings back so many memories watching this and seeing this house. This is my first ever house I lived in this house for 18 years. Um, He rings up myself, who... Just the trope with myself there was meant to be you weren't meant to see my face until right at the end. So yeah. I don't know if you picked up on that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's subtle, but we got it. <laughs> subtle, but you know. Uh, so he's calling me up to say, I've got him at my house. What should I do with him? You should kill him. Uh, so then he just happens to see a pen on the floor. Why wouldn't there be one? <laughs> Comes back into the kitchen. Uh, was that Phil? Yes. Oh, what did he say? Let me show you. To a weird cut to slow-mo of him trying to stab him in the head with a pen. Josh then pours coffee all over him with the great burning sound effect that we found. <laughs> <laughs> to which he then leaps over the table, stabs him in the neck with a pen. Anthony is dead. Oh, what a sad shame that is. If you notice the blood that we put on the floor, uh, there's bubbles in it. So I don't know what was wrong with his blood. <laughs> <laughs> When Josh washes his hand, go back and watch the scene. You'll see a half-melted Malteser sitting near the plug hole as well. I was wondering what that was. (laughs) Half-melted Malteser. Um, (laughs) Josh gets on the phone, presses redial as you would, calls me back, calls Phil. Where are you? 
you. Oh, I'm going to find you. Oh, scared. And then he writes down the phone number, which can I just point out was my actual phone number at the time. I so was, go yeah. back and <laughs> ring I it. I wrote my notes down. I'm like, can we make a call on air to 0416140537? It's not my number anymore, but it used to be my number. Um, and for some reason, he writes that down and uh, without jumping ahead, for some reason, he can use a mobile phone number to find another building. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> no, 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 not another building. Some type of underground bunker. <laughs> <laughs> Very, uh, very uh, high technology in this film. Uh, people die easily. They can find people from mobile phone numbers. Now, I'm guessing this might be the scene that you talk about where the music changes in between yeah. cuts. Or yeah, so what that was meant to be. This was obviously filmed in the same house. So like Anthony's in the the hallway. I'm just sitting in the lounge room, which is probably like three meters from where Anthony was. That was meant to be. So like I'm posh and proper. So I'm there listening to like classical music, basically. <laughs> I just noticed a very elegant tea set in the corner of the fridge. Yeah, that was my mum's tea set. You leave that alone. Uh, <laughs> but that was meant to be, you know, I'm proper English Phil. I'm listening to classical music on my Nokia brick phone. The very first phone I ever owned, can I point out, that had a camera on it. So I used to fucking love that phone. You shot uh, most of this movie on that camera. <laughs> okay, the quality would have been worse on that. That only filmed like eight second videos. <laughs> that was that was kind of put out. At school I think I was basically one of the only people in my friendship group who had a phone like that. And we used to just go to town. It was just the biggest thing ever. Remember back when you first got a phone with a camera on it, how cool it was. You know, that was amazing. So, anyway. Ah. Uh, oh, is that that? <laughs> okay, let's talk about this. Now that Ben's reminisced about his tea Sorry. set. <laughs> a lot of memories in this film. Leave me alone. Um... By the way, I just wanted to say, you had a very red house. <laughs> Maybe it was just the film quality. But like, I think it's more the film quality than anything. <laughs> okay. Um, I love the dramatic tap of the notepad that he does. <laughs> tap, tap, tap. This is who I'm killing next. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> Between nodding and tapping, he's a badass. <laughs> and seriously, whoever it was that was playing... Uh, Mr. Coffee, <laughs> just Anthony. his delivery in. You met Anthony. Oh, that's him. Okay, that's him. That's <laughs> Minneapolis Anthony, who we were with in the Mall of America. You met Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next time you talk to him, just tell him his delivery of "No wait, please." How about a cup of coffee? <laughs> That's funny, I didn't recognize Well, I recognize him now that you mention it, yeah. Um. <laughs> He's put on a bit of weight since then, all right? Just lived in America I, for I a while. He lost some of the, the, the you know, uh, hitman swagger or whatever it was he yeah. had. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly it. <laughs> um, no, I mean, this is, again, it's, a, it's actually a fun scene. If you could go into this realizing, you know, it's a clear knockoff of Kill Bill. It's... Um, it's cheesy. It's poorly made. It's a Malteser in the sink. That was done deliberately. <laughs> the tea set is the star of this movie. And the back of your ear, too. <laughs> you could've... I had that specially made up for that scene. You could have filmed the back of your head. Instead, it looks like we're filming the inside of your ear canal. <laughs> <laughs> Setting up the third one. <laughs> yeah, and I love, again, the product placement. <laughs> Fritos and empty can of Coke. Um, <laughs> do you, you don't have twisties in Canada, do you? I think they're an Australian uh, chip. We we might have them. Might call them something different, uh, right? Okay. What exactly are they? Oh, they're they're kind of like um, 
well, they're a chip. Uh, They're they're kind of almost like a Cheeto. Like, you know those jagged, zagged Cheetos that they have? They're kind of almost like that, but they're like a a sort of a shape of a stick, but they're kind of bumpy. They're twisted, I guess. Yeah, I'm looking at them, and I know we we have them here. I just don't know what we call them. We don't call them. Very iconic. Very iconic Australian snack. Um, There's also, uh, they're they're the cheese flavor. I prefer the chicken flavored twisties, which were a big thing in the 70s, apparently, and some people now really don't like chicken flavored twisties. Just word of advice out there to all of Australians chicken twisties are better, so shut the fuck up. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) This twisties commercial is brought to you by. Life's pretty straight without twisties. Um, Nothing else to really add on this except this (laughs) coffee spill was my backup choice for my profile pick tonight, but I couldn't turn down <laughs> Ben going all Max Zorin. <laughs> that is, and we legitimately, clearly, we threw that coffee in and we had no special effects budget. So that was a one-take thing. That wasn't really hot. It was a cold cup of coffee. But um, that was probably one of my funnest scenes to film because I'm like, Anthony, you have fucked up so much. You have cannot answer a door. You realise you have one take doing this. You cannot laugh when that coffee goes in your face, alright? And he actually did quite well, I will admit. He actually, he, he nailed it. But oh. um, that was a fun, that was fun in slow-mo. That was a good slow-mo shot. Yeah. Yeah, no, that one's okay. The, the the one that's gonna be coming up soon is the one I'm gonna be taking some shots at. Uh, the the one of like four hundred that are left. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we realise the dealer Josh has found this location uh, from the mobile phone number. Uh, this is on the outside of the college where we basically filmed everything, um, and we see him walk up this path to a door he wants to get in. He sees two very attractive, burly security guards. Now, did you recognize one of them at all, Colin? You, <laughs> in one of your dual roles? <laughs> this actually was filmed on the fly because um, the day we actually filmed this, uh, Josh and I actually went on like this weekend camping trip with one of our other classes. So we kind of were, I think we just threw this in last minute. And we had Stewie, the guy in the, um, the red bandana. And I think we had somebody else who was meant to do it, but they weren't there that day or they just couldn't do it. So we're like, fuck, we need to get this done. And we're just like, oh, fuck it. Just, I've got a bandana, draw a fake moustache on me and put the T-shirt on. Um, And the T-shirt that I'm wearing, it says Pock Jacks. This is just a side little note. So at the end of the film, the worst actor in this film, uh, Peter, the brother of Josh's character, We'll wait to get to that scene. Uh, he had some weird company that he was trying to start off in college called Pockjack, so he made us wear all these T-shirts. And he's like, oh, you have to wear one of my T-shirts in your film. And I'm like, okay. Because so that, that, will, that will get sales to explode, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, we're stopping him from coming in the building, apparently. Um, I don't know why. And then um, clearly, because when he goes in the building, Emma's just standing there waiting. So, like, these are good. For two years. (laughs) For two years. (laughs) They have no purpose. Uh, (laughs) Stewie has nunchucks, apparently. I don't know where we got them from. I don't think that was in the script. I think he just had them on him. <laughs> I interrupt you? I love that the nunchuck's use in this movie is to tap you on the head with it to knock you out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, so, yeah, Josh, the cocky bastard, just jumps up and knees them both in the stomach. They fall down. Now, he pulls out a gun. Well, he steals the gun, I should say. 
He shoots me. Like, if you actually look at the gun, you realize when he pulls it back to kind of like reload it or whatever, it doesn't work. Like, the, I remember that gun was broken, so we had to push it back into place, and we kept that in the shot. <laughs> slow motion shoots me in the head. There's no blood or anything. I just fall over to the ground. No flash. The gun doesn't move. <laughs> It's got a silence, a sound effect, because it's got a silencer on it, clearly. Uh, Stewie also falls to the ground dead. Now, the one thing, actually, I've never noticed this before until I watched this again. He's got a gun. He walks into this building, and he doesn't use the gun once. <laughs> Can I just point that out? Like, at what point has he got this gun? and goes, nah, I'm just going to start punching people instead. <laughs> He's Batman. He doesn't want to use guns, basically. So, anyway, he's uh, in the building, and there's Emma, I think that's Patricia. Uh, she basically has been waiting there for two years with Man with Gun 1 and Man with Gun 2. That's Rebecca Ratcliffe, Man with Gun. <laughs> um, I will say, that was a bit mean on my behalf. Uh, Beck and I had an interesting relationship at school. We didn't really like each other that much, and for some reason I got her to be in the movie. So, to piss her off and make her angry, I deliberately called her Man with Gun 2. Oh, so, so- it was a so Beck, if you ever listen to this, I'm sorry. I think you knew about that. So, which, um, anyway. so she's the one who gets the the knife through the neck. Yeah, yeah. She's okay. the female in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> Tim, who was the other henchman, he actually uh, props the Tim. If you ever listen to this, because he kind of was like the second. You know, he's my assistant director. Essentially, he would do the filming a lot of the time when. I was in the scene or something like that. So he kind of helped out a lot and he didn't really want to be on camera, but uh, he did a lot of work for me when we were filming. It was a very hard shoot, uh, Kill Phil. So, uh, yeah, but he got a small little role. So anyway, uh, Josh walks in, shock horror, there's Emma. They all hold their guns up in synchronised fashion. Actually, if you look at Tim's gun, it is the gun that Josh did have two seconds ago. I'm just looking at <laughs> our, uh, our prop budget on our fake guns wasn't that high. Uh, for some reason, he stands still... And they're shooting guns at him, and he just dodges them like he's having a dance. This is his Neo book. This is what I was talking about, because it doesn't even look like slow motion. It just looks like he's imitating Neo in the Matrix, moving his arms, swimming backwards very slowly. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll notice there is a few scenes in this movie which people can just stand still and just dodge bullets. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very interesting world, the Kill Phil universe. But yes, he can stand there, avoid bullets. Meanwhile, he's got a knife in his pocket. You, you Just to point out, you try carrying a knife around college, all right? We had to hide the <laughs> shit out of that knife to film this scene. I was okay? wondering if you filmed so, any of this. We got told off a lot. Wait, again, the second one, wait and you see, there's this one room that we had to film this office seat in. We used to get kicked out of that every single day because the teachers next door would come in and yell at us. So, yeah, there was a lot of um, moments where we had to come back and redo these. Anyway, so he pulls these knives out of his pocket, uh, throws them, great aim, of course, straight into the neck of Man with Gun 1, Man with Gun 2. <laughs> They're dead on the spot. Doesn't kill Emma, the one who's there to kill him in the first place. She just stands there shocked. Uh, to which the, we then have another standoff with some great acting and one-liners. And, and again, he's got a gun, but he just can't just pull it out and shoot her. Uh, she's got two guns on the ground there. She just can't pick one up and shoot him. They've got to run at each other. <laughs> two kung fu wah, 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 moves before they run at each other. Uh, he trips her. Uh, there just happens to be a can of deodorant on the ground. <laughs> she <laughs> We did do that deliberately. It's like a real piss take. Like, wouldn't it be funny if there just happens to be a can of deodorant sitting 
sprays him in the face. He goes falling down. Uh, she drags him into the room. Now, if you pay very close attention, you can hear her laughing uh, as she's dragging him because we really did not edit that out. Again, she's got guns to her disposal. There's knives in the necks of the hench people, but she just happens to find a sword behind a table and uh, goes to kill him, to which all of a sudden he wakes up and goes, oh, shit, trips her, and she hits her head. Now, that is not acting. She actually did hit her head, so we had to quickly cut. Like, oh, fuck, are you okay? Uh, but it was actually turned out to be a good shot, so we kept it in the pool. Uh, <laughs> she was okay, by the way. Uh, there just happens to be a piece of rope again. Josh has to his disposal guns and knives and swords, but thoughts, oh, no, I'll choke her. Uh, she lifts her head up to allow him to choke her. Pay attention to that scene. You will see her do it. And then, essentially, he's, you know, choking the shit out of her. Where's Phil? What's happening? Oh, he's in the room down the uh, the corridor. She de- she dies. What a shame. He runs down the corridor. A bit of product placement. Picks up a bottle of Mount Franklin water. Has a swig of it. Puts it back down again. Uh, before he walks into a room. And unbeknown to anyone, he gets whacked in the back of the head with the same nunchucks that we just saw a few minutes ago. So. <laughs> in the back of the head. <laughs> um, that is the death of Emma. Uh- <laughs> That actually, I just looked at it now. That is a good shot where she hits her head legitimately. And she yeah, looks like she's, like, le- she looks more in pain than Man with Gun 1 and Man with Gun 2 when they just connect to the throat. <laughs> yeah, she she did actually, like, bang her head quite hard on the floor there. So, yeah, sorry, Emma. <laughs> <laughs> You're still apologizing now, just not to Man with Gun number 2. <laughs> we also get the shot in the movie where her shirt basically comes all the way off when she hits the floor. <laughs> Oh, I didn't see that one. I need to go back and see that. Uh. <laughs> um, who drew on the goatees? <laughs> They're clearly like probably a, me. Ben. <laughs> I think actually it was it was a sharpie from memory. <laughs> this is your special effects man. <laughs> yeah, and you're not gonna sharpie. <laughs> those neo bullet time dodges look so funny. <laughs> Because it's just like he's doing a backstroke. Not even like when you just please tell me when you filmed it. Was he actually pretending to move in slow motion as well? Because that's what it looks like. I think so. I think so. Uh, I remember the second one. There's a scene that I remember we deliberately said to everybody move in slow motion. Um, but this one, I think we did from memory. Yeah. Yeah, and then the deodorant spray. I'm glad that you told me again. Some of these mistakes are intentional. Just, I love deodorant spray to the eye. Oh, oh, I'm blinded for life, but I smell great. <laughs> I think we deliberately. I think from memory, it was a case of let's come out with the most outlandish, stupid ways to kill people and hurt people. So I think, like for example, the bit where he chokes her there with the rope. I think that was deliberately. It's like, oh, he's you know, I make fun of it, but it's like there's a sword, there's guns, but oh. Let's just grab the rope, you know, just like kind of taking the piss out of these tropes where they just can easily kill someone, but they've just got to go out of their way to like kill them with something stupid. So I think we deliberately did that. I know the deodorant can was a deliberate thing. Like, oh, there just happens to be a can of deodorant just sitting upright perfectly after a gun battle. (laughs) Not to mention the gurgling water break. That's got to be a scene stealing moment. And Again, we're just trying to get sponsorship, uh, Colin. What can I say? When he slams the water bottle down, that is with more force than the nunchuck tap to the head. <laughs> but, uh, I can't even remember who... I think the nunchuck might have been... Um, 
Lucy, who was the one who got her arms chopped off, I'm pretty sure she might have been filming it with us that day, and I think we just needed someone to use their hands. I think that actually might have been her hand from memory. Uh, I can't remember. But I yeah. love of all your crazy death traps and your guns, knives, nunchucks. <laughs> what we're going to get into next is my favorite thing, where our hero is trapped by very heavy gardening gloves. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, okay, we're into that scene. Now... What this originally was planned for is he is meant to be crucified in the ground. So his hands are meant to be hammered into the ground and his legs are meant to be hammered into the ground. But again, we didn't know how to do practical effects with giant nails. So uh, he actually does have very small nails uh, through the gloves. Because, again, we, it was similar to, I guess, um, uh, I can't remember what I was going to say. Oh, no, it's in the second one. There was, there was something with that. We basically didn't know how to do nails through hands. So it was like, okay, we need to wear gloves. Because <laughs> so, <laughs> the nails are so small, you just can't see them on camera. So I hope that explains this scene in a second when he is screaming in pain, when he, like, gets him in the leg. Yeah. So... Anyway, uh, so he's hammered into the ground. <laughs> in very heavy gardening gloves. <laughs> uh, this, uh, we'll say this park that this is filmed in is in the same park which we filmed the opening scene. It was just the other end of it, in case you didn't really pick that up. Uh, anyway, so he's Sebastian. Um, interesting guy he is in real life. We won't get into that. Um, he actually claims to be an actor in real life, so I um, <laughs> don't know if that showed. Um <laughs> He has his green gun with an orange cap on the front of it. Um, the T-shirt he's wearing. <laughs> I love that I wrote it down as the Nerf gun. <laughs> the T-shirt he's wearing, bit of trivia for you. That was my T-shirt. <laughs> Don't know why you needed to know that. Uh, and if you look in the background, you'll see two guys walking on a path who were uh, these two just dickheads who were just watching his film and making fun of us in the background. So um, I just <laughs> ran in trivia. He really does spit in his face, by the way. <laughs> so uh, anyway, Sebastian's basically just telling him, oh, I'm going to kill you. This is going to be so much fun. Oh, you're about to die. I may as well tell you where Phil is. Is that the uh, old abandoned military barracks just north of here. Uh, before he gets ready to shoot him. Obviously, the wind in this scene was a problem. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you picked up, that, picked up on that. Uh, to which, all of a sudden, Josh, always at the most convenient time, works out how he can survive. So he rips his hands out of the ground. He's meant to be shoving the nail into his leg, hence why he's screaming. That's I go, That makes sense now. Now, when we filmed this scene, he legitimately was screaming at the top of his lungs for like five minutes. We had somebody yell out, like, I don't know even where they were in a nearby house. Somebody yelling out, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, they had a lot of concern that somebody might have getting raped in the nearby park. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, so, but I think he was a bit pissed off that he did this great screaming scene and I just muted it by putting slow-mo over the top of it and then just, like, putting dramatic music. Uh, then we get this elongated slow-motion scene of him walking behind him with a gun to his head, shoots him. Uh, that's the end of everybody's favourite entrance, Sebastian. We barely knew him. Uh, <laughs> um, to which then Josh dramatically rips off the gloves... And shoots him about another five times in the head. And then uh, we go into this scene. And this, I used to absolutely love this scene. I wanted to deliberately have some sort of time-lapsy travel scene in it. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know why. So, basically, this scene is driving from that actual location of the park to the actual final location we filmed at this uh, little barracks area. 
That is an actual time lapse. If you live in Hobart and want to recreate that route, you can. Um, <laughs> my grandma actually lives basically right next door to where we filmed this. It's in Sandy Bay, the posh area of Hobart. But um, I just quickly point out before you talk about that scene. Actually, no, I'll talk about the ending in just a moment. Uh, I'll talk about that separately, about what we originally planned to do. So, uh, yeah, there's that scene. Uh, bye-bye, Sebastian. And I hope now that makes sense why he's wearing heavy-duty gardening gloves. <laughs> Um, I also have to say when he stabs him with the gloves, maybe a more effective way to do that would have been for him to actually stab him and not lightly <laughs> caress his thigh. <laughs> they were very close, those two. <laughs> I also love when he rips off the gardening gloves that have clearly been stabbed through his palms. His palms are the only part of his hands that don't have blood on them. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's, he cleaned him quite quickly. You just didn't see him. It was off camera. Uh, uh, where's the mention here of $100 billion? This is the scene <laughs> of the previous one. Um, not in this scene. I don't know. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that last fight scene's hilarious. <laughs> and the only other thing I had the note of was the Nerf gun, which it just reminded me of, and I don't know if this is what it was, those guns you'd have when you were a kid and they had like a little foam bullet with a suction cup on the end. <laughs> yeah. Is that what that was? That's what it looks like. No, it was it was just a plastic toy gun. It just had a little orange thing on the end. I think they put them on there, didn't they? So people could distinguish that this isn't a real gun. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's all it was. It didn't actually shoot it. None of the guns in this film from memory were ones that actually could shoot anything. They were just plastic toy guns. Uh, I just wish that we could see the blooper of the guy in the background. Shut up! Uh, I should do a special shout out to former iconic Tasmanian business Chicken Feed who supplied us with all those guns we bought them from there actually Uh, they no longer exist and we miss Chicken Feed in Tasmania but um, (laughs) actually the the scene before with Beck man with gun 2 when she had the silver gun if you actually look at it there's a gap in the middle of the barrel (laughs) yeah I saw that It's uh, it's that bad. Now the the final we the whole the way this ended it was not here's, here's trivia for you how it really should have ended. Uh, again, we're seventeen year olds. None of us could drive, so basically getting to certain locations was a bit tricky. We originally planned the final scene to take place on top of the mountain, Mount Wellington, big tall mountain over Hobart, um, but the, we just could not get up to the top of the mountain because nobody could drive us up there. So basically, we changed it to where we ended up filming, and this driving sequence was actually we were driven by Adam Cousins, who was the guy I was telling you about before, the youth worker who basically had that room with the hospital room off the side of it. Uh, we, I think, bribed him into driving us there. I don't know why. Just teachers drive students at schools. That's probably uh, normal in <laughs> 2004. I don't know. It's probably frowned upon now. Um, but I, I was just weirdly obsessed with this shot, the sped-up sequence to club to death. Uh, it goes <laughs> for, like, nine minutes. Yeah. it's a bit, Now I've watched it go, fuck, that's a long shot, Ben. Like, Can I also mention one more thing about that shot. Uh, I love how effective it is that this is supposed to be building the tension, and you're frequently stopping for red lights for a few <laughs> seconds. <laughs> it's very realistic, Josh. Uh, Colin, I'm calling you Josh now. Um, you know, it's, it's how you got to do it, right? We we obey the road law laws. Uh, yeah. At least Josh does. Um, <laughs> shut up. Leave my epic scene alone. <laughs> 
I think it was that long because I wanted to time it to the music. So that's basically why, and I don't think that worked. Uh, so anyway, here's the, the epic conclusion to Kill Phil. Uh, Josh getting uh, walking towards the final battle with a few little sweeping shots of Josh, you know, circular matrix style. Um, then he gets to the end of the hill, pulls his sword out, his actual sword, that sounds a bit wrong, you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, starts yelling, and who should show up? Some fat 17-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the shot through the tunnel, though. You can't tell me that's not cool. Oh, I've got something to on that. <laughs> oh, God, here we go. Uh, emerges from the tunnel. You'll notice I'm wearing uh, different coloured shoes. Yes, I used to do that. That was a thing that I did in school that people knew me for. Now, the reason I did that, people always used to ask me, why do you wear odd-coloured shoes? There was a Formula One driver who famously did it for good luck, and I thought it was cool. So I wore one red shoe and one silver shoe, because why not? Uh, so you finally get to see my face. Yay! That's what we Who's that ugly fuck? Uh, <laughs> basically... There's a standoff between us. We're just talking at each other because why wouldn't you? Um, before long, I get all Max Zorin on him, as you said. <laughs> pull out an AK-47 and just start mowing down Josh, who can somehow deflect all the bullets with his sword. <laughs> I just can't get over this scene. It's so bad. Uh, <laughs> He's literally standing there with his sword, playing baseball with bullets. I mean, how fast do these bullets go? In between actually blocking them, he's got to get shot at least once. And then as soon as the sword gets flowed out from his hand, for some reason I'm like, oh, better stop shooting. I'm going to run at him. (laughs) I've got him on the ground. Why did I just shoot him? But I go running at him. He trips me. Pay close attention to the gun in my hand because we broke it in one of the scenes that we were filming. So if you actually look carefully, when he trips me and I let go of the gun, the gun goes into two different pieces because we'd snapped it in half. So... Great chicken feed props. Uh, I, again, get tripped down. He's got a sword, but he finds... Actually, I find he's got a gun. So I go, instead of trying to shoot him, I go to punch him. He punches me back. He stands up with a gun pointed at me, which still allows me time to run away. (laughs) How? I don't know. I was the same Bolt in 2004. (laughs) He then gets frustrated that he couldn't shoot me. I get through a tunnel, which again, he's not shooting at me when he's just in a confined tunnel. Uh, I play a bit of hide and seek with him. I do say, I actually really do like the shot that, uh, this is Tim mainly filming this, but the shot where I'm kind of hiding in the dark and you can sort of just see me in the shadows and I come out of nowhere, punch him in the head. I'm about a metre away from his head, but somehow I managed to punch him. Uh, Then we just have this very, 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 very long shootout that just does never end. (laughs) We're just (laughs) hiding behind the corners, shooting each other, shooting each other. We've got Jewel of the Fates playing in the background. Of course, why wouldn't you? Um, And then eventually after shooting for about four hours, I ran out of bullets. I run away, somehow jump up onto this platform. I don't know how I got up there pretty quickly. You see how big I am. (laughs) Again, I'm shooting him. I still can't hit him. I'm the stormtrooper of evil villains. Um, He finally runs away. I finally shoot him in the leg. Uh, (laughs) 
I jumped down off the platform. Can I just say, in real life, I was shitting myself jumping off that platform. I was so scared jumping. I hate jumping off high things. Um, I stand over here with a gun. Instead of saying Silly Rabbit by Lucy Liu, I say Silly Badger. Uh, <laughs> Josh throws gravel in my eye, which is my kryptonite, apparently, because I'm like, ah! <laughs> he limps off after being shot in the leg. I walk up this path, and if you pay close attention, you'll see that I slip over, but they kept that in the movie. I edited it, so I kept it in the movie. Uh, <laughs> I'm walking up the hill, another sweepy shot around me. We have our big standoff, which again goes for about three hours. I've got a gun, he's got his sword again. We're all like, bring it on, yeah, woohoo. Uh, we run at each other instead of me just shooting him. And uh, the whole point of this scene was to basically create tension as we kind of met in the middle. You don't know who's been shot, who's been stabbed. Um, You find out, oh, no, sadly, I've been shot. I fall to the ground. I spit out that disgusting blood. Uh, He picks up the guard and shoots me in the head. I'm dead. That is the end of Phil, at least until this moment. Um, Now, just one thing I will say quickly. This was meant to end very differently again on the mountain. It was actually meant to end with Josh kills me. Then as he walks off, he's meant to be walking down like a road. And then this car came out of nowhere, runs over Josh, kills him. I, and then you, the driver gets out of the car. It's me. I turn to the camera, smile, the end. So that's how it was meant to end. This whole end sequence was just added on when we couldn't get to the top of the mountain. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that's that scene. Um, let's talk about the tunnel for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I actually did think it was a cool location. Like usually, when I would try to come up with films like this, I would just see a location. I'm like, ah, oh, I could write something around that. Um, all I could notice though is your very labored walk down the tunnel, which I'm guessing there's an incline. <laughs> yes, it was a very. It's actually quite a steep incline too. Yeah, and you just sort of see you. <sighs> <sighs> it's very unfit. All right. Oh no! Why did you have to say I'll live to kill another day? (laughs) I knew you were going to pick up on that. I knew you were. You actually have a good smarminess about you as the villain (laughs) in these like dialogue scenes here. Um, Your voice kind of kills it though because it's so young and high pitched here, (laughs) like just post puberty. I'll live to kill another day! <laughs> but I actually did like the performance in that first scene here. During the shootout, there's some pretty bad shots, though. I mean, <laughs> trying to look intimidating. And the next shot, almost smiling. <laughs> um, there's some great background stuff that goes on here, where you have this massive sword fight and gun battle, and you see two moms power walking in the distance. <laughs> And later on, at the end, it, where it looks like there's a little girl walking her dog. <laughs> it's Sandy Bay. They're just very calm people. There's just some things in this that just kill any tension you did build. There is some good stuff in here. Like, for 17-year-olds, this is pretty... It's kind of like the movie Super 8, if you ever saw that. You're like, hey, this isn't bad for, you know, kids making this. But I was so terribly distracted by the big fight scene with the graffiti in the background that says, Gassy loves Crystal. <laughs> it was Gassy. <laughs> I didn't see that. I've never seen that before. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Gassy loves Crystal. <laughs> we need to track down Gassy and Crystal and find out what they're up to. <laughs> I wonder if that's still on the wall there. <laughs> um, some of the, the what's, what's the main character's name? The Dealer? 
The dealer. Are they, yeah. Instead of the bride, he's the dealer. Yeah, the dealer. Okay, the groom here. Um, <laughs> it kind of looks like he's doing a slow motion dance at times. <laughs> <laughs> he's just dub over river dance music. Yeah, by the way, when you come out the first time out of your tunnel and you're catching your breath, you're sort of just doing the slow nod of your head, and I just go, You see me rolling. <laughs> <laughs> About a thousand mentions of bring it on. <laughs> there are we were sponsored. There are just as many shots of you guys peeking around the same corner and taking the same shot where none of your guns are lining up with the other person in the first place <laughs> as there are of slow motion shots of heavy breathing. <sighs> <sighs> Which is the entire climax of this movie. <laughs> um, I think actually from memory too, when we were doing the, the shootout, I think like Tim or whoever was there filming with us uh, was basically would go like, now, 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 like every time. <laughs> uh, you do have the longest death scene in the history of film. <laughs> <laughs> it's very dramatic and tense, all right? People are sad that I'm dying. <laughs> Also, the, the the sword deflecting the bullets is hilarious, especially considering the only thing he's not looking at is his sword or where the bullets are coming from. His eyes just darting over. Look, a bird. <laughs> the mom's power walking. He's looking. He's making sure the mum's and the child are safe. <laughs> um, and are we uh, talking about the closing scene here? Oh uh, yeah, we'll jump into that. I mean, okay. it's it's yeah again tacked on to the end of it. Six months later. Uh, Josh's character shows up to lunch with his brother, Peter, who, look, poor little Peter, we just could not find anyone to do this, he did not want to do it Why, at all. Why, did he all. have to straddle him and kiss him too in the original? <laughs> I think the agreement was I wore his t-shirt. That's why he did the scene. <laughs> and then in the second one, trust me, there's a complete reason why he's written out the way he is. But he's the worst actor. We used to just make fun of him. Hey, how you going? <laughs> uh, he's out. He's sitting at lunch with Peter. We find out Josh's character has a girlfriend, Matilda. He's going to meet her any second now. He then buggers off after getting a phone call. Peter's like, who's going to pay for lunch? Nobody, because you haven't ordered it yet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Who's going to pay for this empty cup of water you have here? Um, there's a 10-minute sequence of uh, Josh walking to the, the library. Can I just say I'm never going to bag out Lord of the Rings again for walking because this is a completely unnecessarily dramatic walking scene. And it ends with you see a, a barrel uh, pointed at him. Oh, no, what's going to happen here? Uh, as he turns away, he's very angry that the library's locked. Uh, <laughs> he looks at his watch after looking into the camera. That scene always pisses me off why I kept it in. I don't know why. And then there's a gunshot. Uh, he falls to the ground. He's dead. And who is shooting him? Oh, no, it's me. I've survived and I've snipered him. He's dead. And that's the end of Kill Phil. And uh, any long-term listeners of The Brink will notice that the uh, closing song is the theme that we use for The Brink, Dread Rock by Paul Oakenfold. Uh, The the Matrix soundtrack? (laughs) Well, that's probably what it's more famously known for. But (laughs) I would like to to think it's more known from The Brink for people who know me. But, uh, yeah, and then we close with some bloopers because what's better than some funny bloopers at the end? Uh, So that's Kill Phil. Um, first of all, your shotgun there is clearly just a PVC pipe. 
It was metal. It wasn't PVC. <laughs> and it is nowhere near aimed at him. I think you're aiming at something in the sky. <laughs> Plus, the one time I hit something in this movie, I'm not even pointing at him. All the shots of it aiming, it looks like you're off a balcony, and at the end, you're inside of a room. So I'm like, why is this gun barrel outdoors? It just doesn't. It doesn't look right. Not to mention, you can't tell it's you at the end. It just looks like random shadowed guy who also is after these precious pogs or something. <laughs> um, yep, that's. I'm glad you picked up on that. Uh. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the, the acting is great in the uh, the restaurant scene. <laughs> Do you like the deliberate lo- the attempt at one line? Has this been all slicing and cutting? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, your hair also grew about six inches. It looks before this last scene because I'm looking at it again. And I had been dead for six months. Yeah, Colin. I guess. Yeah. Even though the dealer spent two years having his hair trimmed by necro nurse, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the watch you said you hated the watch scene why was that oh because he when he kind of steps away from the door and he looks at his watch if you subtly look at it you can see him look straight into the camera oh. before we spin around and you hear the gunshot i was just wondering it actually is a cool shot the little circle around him it's a very 2004 type shot uh, I was just wondering why he spent nine hours trying to tell what time it was because he's staring at that watch forever. <laughs> He'd been in a coma for two years. <laughs> and he also just looked at his watch three seconds earlier when he saw the library was locked. <laughs> Very meticulous in the time, all right? <laughs> um, yeah, the death scene is like the worst death scene ever. <laughs> it just sort of looks like he gets a stomach cramp. Also. <laughs> Now, you got to spoil this for us. Does the dealer come back somehow and kill Phil? Kill Phil? Oh, the tension. Uh, <laughs> I'm not spoiling for you. You have to watch the second one. Okay. Or you can also watch the trailer, which probably would answer that question for you, Colin. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch it here. I, I do like the, the bloopers and the credits here, uh, especially the one which I'm guessing it was a real thing that happened where his phone went off but oh that was legit that was no word of a lie that was legit but this is pre rush hour three uh no this was post rush hour two i think that phone call yeah i think that was yeah he's like i'm staring jackie chan in the face right now we're We're filming filming a movie right now now. (laughs) you're wasting all of our film (laughs) (laughs) yeah we brought that up so because like yeah josh and i just quoted rush hour to death oh. like growing up so yeah no that was that was he had a uh, an american friend called marin who used to always call him and again this is pre like skype and all that sort of stuff um and i was like weirdly in love with his uh american friend she was fucking hot um and they're not together anymore it's fine he hasn't talked to her in a long time i don't know what happened to her but um yeah that was that was 100 percent legit phone call um the credits are great that you put written and directed by ben waterworth and then about a 10-second pause for a blooper, followed by produced by Ben Waterworth. It could have been one credit, <laughs> uh, which is again followed about a minute later by executive produced by Ben Waterworth. <laughs> and I'm sure later on, if I had stayed for the whole credits, we would have seen associate produced, line produced by Ben Waterworth, <laughs> so on, so on. <laughs> again, it's even worse if you watch any of the Brink Unleashed films, Colin. Oh. Uh, that's even worse. Um yeah, there is a moment if people want to stick around for the whole credits where you can freeze frame and see two names repeated over and over again for about <laughs> 90 credits. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. You just uh, decided to uh, pick every single possible credit there could be in a movie and <laughs> associate it with you and your friends. I think I, I think I said the same to you off here. I think I legitimately just found credits online and just That's deleted the real names and just. Yeah, I, and I I also, you know, <laughs> no, I didn't spell check any of them. <laughs> Again, gets worse in the second one with the whole spell check thing. <laughs> but, uh, and great song that I use at the end too, Muse, Hysteria, great song, love that. Uh, one thing, actually, I've never noticed this before either. Wow, I'm picking up on so many things. I've paused it on the scene when Josh is at the library and he's looking at his watch. And if you look through the, the glass door, you'll see, like, they've got posters up on the wall, obviously advertising things. There is actually a poster on the wall that says Keith Urban, like obviously for a tour huh? for Keith Urban. Now, this must be pre-super-mega-famous Keith Urban, because in no way would Keith Urban ever come to Hobart now. <laughs> so this must be just like up-and-coming Keith Urban was coming to Hobart, and there's a poster there saying that he's touring Hobart. So there you go. I've never noticed that. need to tweet that out. People need to see that you discovered Keith Urban. <laughs> <laughs> it was because of Kill Phil. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that that's that's good call there, Colin. We discovered <laughs> Keith Urban. I also just want to um, one more thing here. Uh, I love that you've been dead for six months, but you still haven't changed your shirt. You wear the same shirt you died in. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you know, Josh was in a coma for two years and got his hair cut and still wore the same clothes, but his pants changed pretty quickly. <laughs> In the next scene, we did find it hard. I will say, with that metal pipe, we we did actually find it hard to try and you know get a sniper style gun. I mean, again, this is Australia; we don't really have guns anywhere. So, um, <laughs> anyway, uh, now uh, before obviously we get to the the key part of this, the rating. Uh, just according to Rotten Tomatoes, this has a zero percent <laughs> feedback. Roger Ebert called this an absolutely shit piece of garbage. Never watch it. Um, so that was <laughs> Pete, Peter, Pete, oh, Peter Travis said not too bad actually Ben Waterworth clearly shows that he has some vision and uh, a star of the future uh, two out of five I was pretty happy with that one uh, box office wise modest success on a zero dollar budget it made zero dollars back so it's pretty much where you would expect it to be and uh, obviously spawned the sequel Killfield 2 which we will be talking about next week on the show so uh, just thought of that and you know obviously went on to um, create an entire film franchise in the Brink Unleashed series so obviously did have some effect on the filmmaking in Hobart and um, yeah just the legacy of this film clearly is still there because the first person to ever see this it wasn't in it or related to me has on the line. Well, he's on the line right now. And uh, twisty <laughs> sales went through the roof after this was released. Yeah. There's always talk of a reboot, of course, as well. <laughs> <laughs> Quentin Tarantino's been uh, attached to direct and do it properly. Which stated uh, the we'll end say... credits because Quentin Tarantino's name is also spelt wrong. <laughs> Um, there actually, if you do look up Kill Feel on YouTube, there are other parodies out there, but none hold up no. to uh, mine, of course. What are we doing with this, Colin? Are we buying it, <laughs> renting it, or bidding it? Uh, look, I'll be honest. Uh, it took you sending me a free copy via Dropbox for me to watch this. I'm not buying it. <laughs> Please do. We need to make at least $1 on our budget. Um, I uh, This is actually a tough one because... Let's be honest. As far as the quality goes, this is a binet if I've ever seen one. <laughs> but there's something weirdly entertaining about it if you're willing to sit there and mock it with somebody for an hour. Right? <laughs> or if you appreciate really well-drawn Sharpie goatees. I'm sure this would be a red tit. 
<laughs> so I'm going to kind of go uh, on the fence here. It is a Bennett with uh, rent to potential for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> wow, that's as close to a compliment as I think I've ever gotten it. <laughs> Um, I, I think you asked me uh, if I passed or I got a high mark on this in my class. Um, I actually can't remember what my teacher gave me for this. My teacher was a bit of a dickhead, so um, he was a bit bipolar in his opinion. So I think he liked this one and didn't like the next one. There's one scene in the next one which he said, Oh, that was stupid. Why did you put that in there? That made no sense. That's what made this film so terrible. Um, which, <laughs> like guys oh, killing each other over pogs when it's not even audible in the dialogue. <laughs> You, you wait until you see the second one and you tell me what scene you think that is. Um, yeah, I'm binning it. This is a shit movie. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you are. I just, I look, uh, for the time, like, we can't, we've got to give it a bit of a pass for the time it was made. <laughs> so, I, I like to think of myself as a perfectionist in lots of things, and clearly in 2004 I didn't think that way. So <laughs> the fact that I could just watch this film, it brings back a lot of great memories. I will say it was a lot of fun making this. And we, we put out, like, a little film premiere like we had a lunchtime we hired out the theater and like you know had an mc introduce us on the red carpet and you know invited people to come and watch it and they all like left five minutes in i think but um (laughs) we did a similar thing with the second one but that was a lot better i'll I'll talk about that when we do that because yes we're gonna do the second one folks but um yeah i don't know i I have to be honest it's a shit film Uh, and i wouldn't (laughs) recommend anybody watch this unless you want to see what the fuck we're laughing about it's on our page go and look at it on youtube (laughs) So, wow, I binned my own movie. Were you expecting me to do that? <laughs> you haven't binned anything on here except for The Amazing Spider-Man 2. <laughs> I just love looking at my list here of like our ongoing uh, list of all our movies and TV shows. The fact that Kill Phil is now on this list. <laughs> I don't know what that says. Um, <laughs> what do we say on our on 007 now available by iTunes? We're stalling here, people. I, I also do want to say, like, if I could ever find it, my, my uh, teenage films were never really completed like this. So props for doing this. How long did it take to put the whole thing together, like filming and editing? Oh, I think actually it didn't take... The first one didn't take as long as you would think. I think kind of we filmed it all probably within two weeks. That's why, like, when I was saying that scene with the um, the rain, like, we just, you know, you think we would have just come back the next day. But I think it's kind of... A lot of it, too, was getting everybody there at the same time and we, it was just a struggle. And this is pre-Facebook, you know. This is texting and phone calls, people. Like, you know, it wasn't just like a group message on Facebook. Um, so I think we might have filmed it in about two, two and a half weeks. And then editing, you're probably... Tell it didn't take me that long to edit it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think this one might have only taken like a month and a bit to do. Uh, the second one um, took a lot longer. I planned that one a lot more, uh, which, again, I don't know if when you watch it, you think, really, you did. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I had a blast making it and, like, I think you're kind of similar to me in that, you know, if life had turned a different way, I'd love to be a filmmaker. Yeah. I can imagine making real films is a lot harder. But, um, <laughs> there, there is something fun about it. And, like, just the, the whole directing side of things is fun, too. I like telling people what to do. So, <laughs> um, I I just want to say, like, when I was... I was a little bit younger than 17 when we put together our film, uh, which was basically our own knockoff of Batman. <laughs> we made up our own <laughs> Batman costumes. This was like, like I don't know, Batman... It was Batman and Forever, Batman and Robin or something like that. So, oh, please be Batman and Robin with, like, <laughs> bat nipples. <laughs> what is... 
<laughs> hilarious moments of this. And I'll find the footage one of these days. Please we do. Still had where we had our uh, and the montage looked pretty good, which is basically like the opening ones where. Here's a shot of the the glove being put on. Here's a shot of the cod piece. You know, there's the nipple. And we're doing that, and we're taking it seriously. And all of a sudden, we have the big reveal of us standing there with our hands on our hips in Batman costumes. And then we proceed to run out of the shot like little girls because there was no room in this basement that was doubling as a bat cave. Did you have, like, tidy little high-pitched voices like I did? Like, I'm Batman! No, I mean, we did have uh, our other friend that was playing the villain, the Mosquito Bite. <laughs> <laughs> what? He was, the mis- he was supposed to be like a bug man or something. And his delivery of the line, my name is the mosquito. But we, we just kept trying to direct him, say, like, say it like, my name's the mosquito. Like, big reveal. And, I am the mosquito bite. <laughs> his voice kept pitching up. And we just couldn't get it right. It was, I think I told you before that we switched roles at one point because me and my other friend who was playing the mosquito bite kept laughing. And then. Uh, the friend who was playing the Batman character, uh, he was taking this way too seriously for like a 13, 14 year old <laughs> where he was like getting upset with us. And the, my favorite blooper is basically where we're cutting from a shot of my name is the mosquito, but to all of a sudden my other friend switching costumes and trying to switch roles and us laughing and see you guys are laughing again and storming out of the shot. <laughs> 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 see fit. But my favorite, I really, our, I want to see our it. special effects <laughs> Where I'm dangling off of a cliff that's actually just the banister for his staircase. And I fall out of shot and we cut to a G.I. Joe figure falling into what's supposed to be the snow. That was actually a pile of powdered laundry detergent. I need to see this. I need to see this film. It was not nearly the quality you had. I mean, we were younger, so give us a little bit of credit. But... Well, when we need a couple of weeks to fill in, I think you've got some time to put it up online. Um, but yeah, so we're going to do... I did do a sequel. We're going to do the second one again. These are just kind of filler episodes until we get to the real stuff. Um, but if, you, if you've just listened to this episode and you actually haven't watched the film, make it stay that way. Uh, but if you also change your mind and want to see it, again, we put the link up on our uh, website, theoznetwork.net. Uh, we'll put it on our Facebook page as well as our Twitter page. Uh, might also put up like the bloopers and the, the making of. I just, it wasn't a making of. We did this weird little um, interview style thing, which Josh actually legitimately punched me in the face in one of the scenes. We were meant to have like a fake fight because like we were meant to like hate each other on the set. And in one of the scenes, he accidentally really did punch me in the face. Um, he always brings that story out whenever we're on radio, the bastard. Um, hello, Josh, if you're listening. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what we can do with those. But um, in the meantime, if you want to subscribe, we do do recaps on real films, people, uh, <laughs> and other TV shows. Plenty still to come, of course. Uh, we've got our flashback uh, rewind anniversary month happening next month. And we've got a lot of uh, Star Wars and uh, DC stuff coming your way soon as well. So... Get excited. And all our TV shows are still covering, of course, Australian Survivor, Third Watch, Nip Tuck, Amazing Race Canada, uh, and plenty of other things uh, still in the pipeline as well. We're very busy people on the Oz Network, clearly, when we cover films that we ourselves made. Um, my name is Ben, and I can't believe I actually did an episode on fucking Kill Phil. <laughs> what is wrong with the world? And my name is Colin, and to quote Bottle Cap Derby Champ 2004... Bring it on. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.